everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. And I am so excited about my special guest today, guys. She is Melissa Eady. She is extraordinary. She is 28 years old. She resides right here in my own hometown, and she has big dreams for her future. What the devil meant for evil, God is always used for good. When she was 14 years old, she was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, a bone cancer that would need chemotherapy as well as a large surgery to remove the infected bone. After seven months, what was believed to be a successful treatment eased her and her family's mind and they began to dream again. Melissa has always been a dreamer. She never wanted to limit God to anything small. I love that about her. She's pursued dance, singing, makeup artistry. I actually music directed her when she played Belle in Beauty and the Beast. She turned 19 though, and at that time they found that the cancer had returned and they needed to amputate because the ligament had been damaged when they went to remove the affected area. But God still showed his favor and his grace to her. He brought a choreographer into her life that helped her to dance again. He led her to even bigger things, such as attending a makeup school in Los Angeles. We're going to talk about that, all that excitement. And even though the storms have hit her through life, even through the storms, God was always holding an umbrella over Melissa. She believes that everything he allows, there is a reason. Her desire is to help others process loss, work through their grief, and to come out on the other side stronger, not forgetting that they can still dream big, even if it might seem different than they thought. So I know now you just can't wait to hear more from her. So Melissa, welcome so much in the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Angela, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yay. What people don't know about you is my next book that comes out in just a month, Astounded. You were the makeup artist for my cover. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, just, I was so honored that you asked me and Aww. we had such a good time. We had such a good time doing that and that's what matters, you know? We did. I had this kind of vision for it and this like pop art that I had looked at and then I was like, okay, I don't think I want to trust myself to try to do the makeup that's going on a cover of a book. And you know, so I call up Melissa. I'm like, Hey, what do you think? And she was back from LA, um, because of COVID, you know, and right. just kind of a shift in directions and where God's going with, with things in your life. And so that was, I had not had my makeup done since, oh my gosh, I'm going to date myself like many years ago doing the Miss America program. It had been so long since I, and I was, I never wear false eyelashes. We wore false eyelashes. It's just like we did the whole nine yards. So anyway, if that's not your thing, that's fine. But when you get the copy of Astounded, you will see Melissa's work on my cover. That's how much I think of Melissa. And I just love her as a person. So, so I know you, Melissa, you live right here, but you know, for people who don't know you, this is their first time hearing about you. Tell us, you know, some things about you. I know we're right here in my hometown, but anything else you want us to know about you? 
Yeah. So like you said, I'm 28 years old. I actually grew, I grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I've lived in the same house my entire life, except mm. for um, a little move to Florida, Fort Lauderdale. I lived there for a short season. And then, uh, like you said, I just got back from living in LA for eight months. Um, and that was kind of due to COVID, but you know what? I'm not letting that, mm. you know, damper my mood. Amen. <laughs> but, um, I am the middle child of five kids, so I've grown up in a big family, and I haven't always loved it, but I wish I could tell my younger self, you know, you're going to love who your siblings are when you grow up. <laughs> mm, that's so good. That's so good. We always have hindsight, right, when we're a little bit older. and Right, right. And I mean, I just think about how, like, I had friends all the time because of my siblings, so that's never true. a lonely moment. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you in the lineup? I'm the middle. Middle so of I'm five. Like, yes, like right smack dab in the middle. Too older, too younger. Wow. And I know, <laughs> I know this family. They're amazing. They're such an amazing family. And you know, I've known you, Melissa. I guess we probably got introduced through Christian Youth Theater, CYT. Right. And yes. as I was reading your bio, I was like, oh my goodness, that was a long time ago that we did. <laughs> it was like a summer camp or something. And, yes. and you, were, you were extraordinary in that. And um, Thank you. that was maybe, I'm trying to think how old you were, maybe 14, 15, because you had, I don't think you'd had any surgeries at the point that I knew you, unless I, you may have had them and I just didn't know because it, right. you had your first at 14. Yes. So I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma at 14. Okay. Um, and I actually had learned about CYT through, um, like through, I think they were doing a show at River of Life. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, but you're probably right. I think they did one of their early shows there, like Tom Sawyer yes. or something. Yeah, that's yes. right. And so I remember seeing that and then I was like, I want to be an actress. <laughs> and then I was diagnosed with cancer. And so, uh, like, you know, kind of my life was in a whirlwind for that time. And when I was 16 is when I did that um, summer camp for okay. Beauty and the Beast. And that's when I met you and my brother was was beast. And that was <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. They're like, please. please don't make me kiss in that scene. My brother is playing the beast. I was like, no, we'll, we'll work that out. <laughs> that was so, I mean, we, we were practicing up until the show and I could not tell him I loved him. It was just too, it was too weird. Oh, I don't blame you. Brotherly love. I love you like a brother. Right. <laughs> so we were both great. So you were, so you had already had the one surgery when I met you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you were already dancing. I mean, you're such I a was. beautiful dancer. Thank you. Thank you. I, I actually started ballet when I was seven. And so cancer kind of like stopped that for a short season. But mm. um, actually a month before I finished with my treatments, I was back dancing and um, I did that until I turned like 19 and then I lost my leg and we lost it September 1st, 2011. Wow. And November was when I started dancing again because of wow. the, my choreographer, Sarah Warman. She uh, contacted me and she really, she believed that I was still capable. And sometimes you just need someone else to believe in you to really, to see it, you know? Mm, that's so good. I remember watching a video that you put together not long after that. And I think Sarah was a part of that. And just 
you're right. We always need people in our corner that believe in us, especially when things are just not not going the way you think they're supposed to go. Right. So walk me a bit through that season, Melissa. What was that like for you? Um, talk us through just kind of what happened, especially when it returned when you were 19. And I, I, I can't imagine what that's like as a dancer and all the maybe emotions that you went through in that, that period of your life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I first even got diagnosed with cancer, I remember that there was a nurse who warned me about the chance, you know, it really wasn't common anymore, but they just had to let me know everything, you know? Um, and she was like, Hey, just so you know, there is a very slight chance that if it returns, which is just a 1% chance, um, by the way, <laughs> oh, that, wow. um, that you could we would have to amputate your leg. And I told her my little sassy 15 year old at that time self, I told her, well, you might as well just let me die because I'm a dancer and I want to be an actress. Wow. So wow. literally told her that. And she looked, <laughs> she looked so shocked that I was, uh, being so kind of ugly, but, um, but that's a lot to process at 15. I mean, was. it's a lot for us to process at any age, but Melissa, I can understand like you're, and I loved how you said in your bio, you want to help people process loss and grief because yeah. in that moment you're, you're just coming face to face with, wait a minute, like the life that I thought I was going to have the life. Right. I, I just watched Bethy Hamilton's, um, kind of more oh, documentary film, Unstoppable. And you know, it's, it's like the life you thought you were going to have, you're not having it. That's a lot to yeah. process, especially at 15. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I she said it was a 1% chance. So, I mean, I told, like, I was thinking in my head, well, if that happened, right, if it's a right. one, like if one, if I'm the 1% that it happens to, then I don't really think I want to live, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, you know, when it came back, when I was 19, it actually, I had gone in for a surgery to resolve the staph infection that I had gotten from a previous surgery. And that's when they found it. I mean, praise oh, God, because I had they no found idea. It. Yeah. I mean, and we were doing, um, yearly bone scans to make sure the cancer hadn't returned. They give you a five year mm. mark and they're like, Hey, if you're cancer free after five years, then it's really, it's, you're good to go. And I was coming up on four years and six months. Oh. And I was so convinced that I was about to make it, you know? And so we went in for the staff surgery and the doctor was actually closing me up. He was done. And I, I believe with everything inside me that God led his hand to graze against something that he did not feel was right. Mm. And that's when he opened me back up and they found the cancer had wrapped itself around a ligament and they had to cut it. So it, my leg was not functional anymore. Mm. Um, and so when I woke up, I had gone to the hospital with just my mom and I wake up and my whole family's there. And I was like, what is happening? Oh. And uh, that's when my dad, you know, he, he's only ever cried one other time. I had not, my, my brothers and my dad, they're not big criers, but when they cry, you know, like something is happening. And so the doctor came in and that's when he told me that, you know, if they didn't amputate, there was a really big chance of the cancer floating to my lungs. And then it's just all over from there, you know? So, oh, 
So you um, literally went to the hospital for a staph infection and right. had no idea that I didn't know this part of your story until right now. So you literally woke up and found out after you woke up, not only had the cancer come back, but it, you had lost your leg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it was crazy because like I was saying earlier with the bone scans is they were seeing something fuzzy coming up on the screen. But sadly, because I had staph infection, mm. this is on no one's, no one's, you know, fault. It's just yeah. that they, they really assumed it was the staph, but apparently the cancer, it was the cancer. And so, oh. yeah, you know, and that night, I mean, I, I thought about a lot. I thought a lot about when I was 15 and how I had told that nurse mm. and I just couldn't believe it. I was the 1% and, and I was just my life. I mean, I, it was crumbling. I mean, you know, when people say when they're about to die, their life flashes before their eyes. Well, mine was crumbling before my eyes. I mean, mm. it just was dissolving. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I look over and Sorry, this part always makes me emotional. So. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why I cry every time that I tell this story, like about my dad. So mm. I'm just going to like collect myself a little bit because, oh my goodness, I just, woof, I cry every time, <laughs> every time I tell it. But you so. know what? I, I love that in a way, Melissa, because it's, it just means that it's, it's still something that is such a a place where God has met you in such a profound way. I know you. So I know you're not just crying over the loss. I know you're crying over the fact that, that you have seen God at work in your life over and over. And I think when I share my testimony about places that are so tender, I've actually prayed, don't Lord, don't ever let it just become like, Oh, and then this happened and yes. that happened. Like, yeah, I don't ever want to forget not just what that, felt like for me, but what God did in those moments. So don't apologize yeah. for your emotion. And our listeners can hear like, we're having a real conversation. Melissa's a real girl that's been, you know, to the mat. She's gone to the mat. So, so walk us through, I, I think what you were sharing is how emotional that was for you. Yeah. Your father. yeah. Um, and you know, like I'm such a daddy's girl. So um, mm. I have a very, I have a very close relationship with both my parents, but um, my, I woke up, it was like 2am in the morning and I, I look over and my dad's awake and he's just, he is just staring. He's just staring into the distance, contemplating. I could just see the thoughts just running through his head. Um, I can't imagine. I mean, it, I was going through it, but I can't imagine being a parent and watching your child go through that. And like, let alone he had watched me go through cancer and become 98 pounds at five foot eight. You know, it, it's, wow. It was, I mean, he had watched me basically disintegrate and, and, you know, through that. And now he was having to figure out the words to say to his daughter who was about to have the biggest loss she'd ever experienced, you know? And, and so he just, he just looked at me and he said, I know this is so hard. And I, I know that you're struggling processing through this, but remember who we serve and remember who is on your side mm. and just remember that you have the choice here. This can either make you or this can break you and you have that choice. Mm. And 
something just came over me and I cannot take any credit for it because I, the person I was, was that 15 year old girl who was saying, there's nothing to live for without a limb. And, but something came over me and it was the Holy Spirit. And I do believe that he was telling me it's going to be okay. Mm. We're going to get through this together. And I just, it was an automatic shift. I mean, did I cry more? Yes. But there was something that just came over me that I was like, this is not going to be the end. I'm going to fight this. Mm. And, um, and that was God. That was by God's grace that he just instilled something in me to change my mindset. Mm. Um, so it, it just, I mean, and, and I have to be so real. He did the, I did not deal with the grief then because he came over me and I was just able to see the positive and everything. It was insane. I just was like, this is not Melissa. Like, I know this is not Melissa, but then just actually a couple years ago, like I said, it's been nine years. Um, as of last week, it's been nine years. Wow. And, um, so I, I, a couple of years ago did have to process through the grief mm. and, and I kind of felt crippling for a second, any form of loss. I mean, any form of loss, there is not one greater than the other. Mm. And I want to touch those people's lives. It's just, it's such a passion for me because I realized that I had to process through the grief. We do have to go through the grief. And, and the Bible says in Psalms 56, 8, that God keeps our tears in a bottle. I believe he weeps with us. He is not ashamed of your grief. And, and he wasn't ashamed that just a couple of years ago, the grief hit me and I had to process through it. And I cried a lot. Um, but he wasn't angry that I was doing that. It didn't mean I trusted him any less. That's good. God is very powerful. And we have to remember that sometimes we just see him as like this king of kings, but he's also our father. Mm. And he, just like my dad had to, to stand beside me and he cried with me. God does the same thing. That's so powerful. I think you're, you're freeing some people up, Melissa, who feel like maybe, maybe they don't have permission from God to grieve. Like somehow if I grieve, I think I even grew up believing that maybe if I grieved, I was complaining and God, like mm. you said, would be angry at me. But you know, the Psalms are full of David lamenting and like getting yes. his heart out, getting his thoughts out. Now he doesn't stay there. It's not just a complaint. Right. It's like, God, you're, you're not good. That's complaining about God. I, I hate my situation and you're, I don't know if I trust you, but it's like, I'm grieving that, that I have really lost something so precious to me. I'm curious, Melissa, like, so there was some time that passed and then you felt like, wait a minute, I need to process this grief did mm -hmm. it kind of up on you. Or did you feel like you were becoming aware that you had not fully processed it at the time? It did kind of sneak up on me a little bit. And I was talking to my sister. I was like, I don't understand. Like uh, initially when I started to grieve it, I, I did kind of go through that moment of being like, I'm so sorry, God, you literally, you got me through those, that initial loss. And, and I, why am I grieving? Why am I grieving it now? I, I thought it was so strong, <laughs> but my sister pointed out that he, 
was merciful in that that initial loss he he allowed me to see the positive and he allowed me to get through it but that didn't mean that he never wanted me to process the grief mm, and um and so when i finally allowed myself because like you said i kind of thought maybe it's complaining but i even think of job who said God, why, why, you know, and, and God loved Job. So <laughs> I mean, I, he's not going to be angry when we say, okay, God, like, why did this happen to me? And you know, sometimes you get an answer and sometimes you don't. Um, but I really felt like he just said, I made you with this great purpose. And I just, from that moment on, the grief left me. Um, but I, I did have to process it. I had to go through it. I want to talk for a second. So where do you think you just said, I'm God made you, he made that comment to you, heard him say that, or you've sensed him say that. How do you think this walking through this, Melissa, how do you think this changed you? I know you don't know who you would be if it hadn't happened, right? but in what ways do you think, or even just one way, well, how can you say, I don't know that this would have happened in my life, or I wouldn't be this, or I wouldn't have this, or I wouldn't know God in this way had this not happened. What's one thing you can say, you know, this is a positive thing that I know came out of what I've gone through? So, you know, that's a really good question because one thing that he showed me just in LA um, was that, you know, most people have all their limbs. Most of them do. <laughs> and I felt like he sent me to LA and I got to go to this amazing school and this amazing experience. Um, and he let me, he, he let me be a light to those people. And I don't know if people would have seen it the same way if I just came to LA with all of my limbs and I just was a super friendly, <laughs> friendly girl who loved Jesus. There's something about when, when he allows us to go through the loss or he allows us to go through a trial, it grows us and it, it, but I just saw how people were like, you don't have your leg. How are you so positive? And I was able to say, because I serve a God who is mightier wow. and I was able to give my testimony. And sometimes we grow more from the trials in life than just having an easy breezy life, you know? That's so good. And I, I was thinking as you were saying that, Melissa, I've been through some things that my scars are not visible. Um, mm, yes. And so you, you literally can't walk into a room and people not sense. I remember when you danced once at River of Life after you lost your leg and I, there probably wasn't a dry, I'm getting emotional talk now. I'm the one crying. Oh. Like there wasn't a dry eye in the room. And um, like, I, I, I guess I haven't really sat and thought about like when you walk in a room, it's, it's immediately something that we can, I mean, maybe for a few minutes, you might be able to hide it or get away with it, especially if you have your prosthetic on and maybe it's not that right. noticeable, but you're, you're, you're really leaning into an interesting concept here that this isn't something that you can hide. A lot of people have private pain. They walk around every day. They have loss. They have grief. They don't know what to do with it. And then we don't even know they're experiencing it. Yeah. But yeah. for you, this is almost like something that gives you an, 
an instant opportunity. If you look at it that way to hear about who Jesus is or to, to, to be bitter and to be like, yes, I thought there was a God, but then this happened to me, which would, you know, a lot of people do, they give up on God when they go through difficulties. So yeah, yeah, you've seen it as a real opportunity almost a platform that God has used to, cause you are, you're such an energetic person. You're so full of life and you can hear it in your voice <laughs> and, and cancer didn't take that from you. I love that. It cancer didn't take that from you. Well, and you know, so I have a cover on my prosthetics. So a lot of people just think I have a limp, <laughs> but I'm like, Oh man, I thought I was walking so good. <laughs> you walk well. When I said that, I'm like, sometimes I forget. Like you don't like you immediately notice, but if they're around you or if they don't, if they know your story, you know what I mean? Yes. Talk to you for a while. Well, know. And you know, I, one thing about that, and this is just for the, you know, also for the people who, like you said, you have scars that are on the inside mm. and I just think it's so important. I, whoever sits in my makeup chair, I t- talk to them. I just, I get to know them and I always slip it in. I don't know how, because sometimes I'm like, God, give me an organic moment to, to tell them my testimony because mm. I believe that it's so important. So even if they're not asking me about my leg, sometimes I'll just, it'll just come up organically and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I just stepped on your foot and I didn't feel it because I have a prosthetic, you know, it's like funny things sometimes. Um, But even for people who have those, the scars on the inside, I believe that that didn't happen to you just for some random reason. And I believe it's so important to share your story and to, to share the loss because God is bringing beauty from the ashes. And I just want you to know that like, yes, my, my prosthetic is something on the outside that people can, can see. And I can talk very easily about it because they'll be like, Oh, you have a little bit of a limp or, Oh my goodness. Like, why are you not, you know, able to do this or something? And I'll be able to talk about it. But even for those people that it's not as obvious, it's so important for you to share it because Mm. you never know who you're going to talk to. That's maybe been through something very similar and they just need to hear your testimony. That's so powerful. I, as you're saying all that, what I'm hearing is first we process it and then we can share it. Because yes. We haven't really processed our grief with the Lord. We haven't sat with it with him and let him kind of just speak life and healing and minister to those tender places that we've talked about. Then we might be sharing it, but it might not be framed you know, right. with the grief yes. that you're describing. And so you so beautifully are, are sharing with us this process. We need to let God take us through that. Yes. It's okay to sit with our grief with the Lord and, and process our grief and talk about it with him. He's not angry at us for doing that. And then share your story. The, the wounds that, that, you know, we see, or we don't see and how God is going to use it. So I want to talk for a minute about some ways that you've seen God and, and you've already kind of given us some some behind the scenes glimpses into this, but it's obvious that God has shown himself as a miracle working God in your life. Mm-hmm. And I know that you went through some things, even LA, that you really saw miracles. So I'd love to just invite you to kind of talk about that in these last few minutes that we have together. My parents, he gave them the finances to be able to afford the school. And we made our last payment in June. Oh, wow. And like, So we didn't have to go through a bank. He provided that money, which is just so crazy because 
if it had been last year, that would not have been an option. To those people who sometimes they, they're doing something that seems like it's really messy, but if you hear God telling you to go, you have to go. You have to do it. You have to obey. But sometimes even your fellow Christians are not going to understand your action. So you just have to know with everything inside you that, that you're doing the right thing. Because you won't always have people backing you. Um, and it ended up being the best season so far in my life because I got to go to school. Um, I got an immense amount of training from teachers who are in the industry and thriving, doing movies, um, just so many amazing people I got to meet. And, you know, I every day before I'd go into school, I would pray, Lord, please let me be to a light, be a light to these people. Please help me to have courage and be kind, which is a quote from Cinderella. And I love that quote. And I just prayed I that it. over myself. And you know what? They actually were like all of my friends. I, I befriended everyone. They were lovely people to be with, but they didn't have God. And, you know, I just was able to show them that what they're thoughts on Christianity was, was wrong because I was a Christian. I love Jesus and I wasn't being condemning like they had experienced. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they actually started calling me the Disney princess, which I thought was so funny because oh, I wow. prayed that prayer. You, and you played it and you played a Disney princess, which we hadn't even yes. met today. <laughs> Wow. Yes. And you know what? Like, so, like sometimes I tell people that they called me a Disney princess and they were like, Ooh, was that like, them being kind of like sarcastic with you and I was like no they just they literally were like oh Mel you're just you're so nice you're like a Disney princess and like I I was very like I loved it I was like thank Aww. you because <laughs> I do love Disney princesses I'm a big Disney princess fan <laughs> we'll take that that's a high compliment it was it was and I just I knew without a doubt and and sometimes you know you're going through this mess and you're just kind of like oh my gosh, should I, should I be doing this? But I just knew, I just knew that I was supposed to go to LA and God used it. And actually I kind of struggled with coming back, but I needed to, and God has used that as well. I mean, it's just amazing when you say, God send me and he sends you, he's, he has a plan. He is still in control. So even with all the mess, he he has that plan for you. And I just love seeing it unravel, you know, before me. So inspiring. And I'm so sad that we're almost out of time because I just want to hear you <laughs> talk all day. But I want people to be able to see your work. Um, like I said earlier, she was my makeup artist for the cover of Astounded. And so let us know like how they can connect with you on Instagram. I'll put it in my show notes for them as well. And is there anything else that you want to share? I've got some wonderful nuggets that you've deposited into us today, Melissa, how we need to, you know, process our grief with the Lord, share our story. Is there any, I know you're making your life matter for the kingdom and you're just on the beginning of it. I just can't wait to see how God uses you in this industry and the light that you're going to be in this industry. But is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? I'm going to have you pray over us in just a moment, but Anything else you want to share with us and how they can connect with you and, and see your work on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. So, and first off, I just want to say, Angela, thank you so much for having me because this was such an honor to be able to just speak with you and hopefully speak life into others who are listening. Um, 
But yes, you can connect with me on Instagram at Melly Beauty, period, M-U-A. Um, and you can see my work there, or you can go to my personal and kind of follow more of my story, which is Melly underscore Cuccelli. A word of encouragement to anyone who has a dream in mind and they feel like maybe it's too big. Because I, you know, I have dreams. I have big dreams. And I, the only way I'm going to get there is through my father in heaven. So I just want to encourage you to dream, literally dream so big because it matters to God. And if he's put that passion in you, he's going to take you, take you wherever he wants you to go. And I just want to say, just tell him, send me because he will send you. And we were meant to be sent. Um, so just remember that nothing is too big for the God that we serve. Wow. I'm jotting down things you're saying. I cannot get them down fast enough. We were meant, <laughs> we were meant to be sent. That's so powerful. Dream big. It matters to God. Have courage and be kind. So guys, she's 28 and she has the wisdom of like an 88 year old. I'm just like, but I, I almost started to say, where did you get all this wisdom? But I know where, because you've come to the fire, Melissa, and you've let God refine you. There's a scripture that says that when we come to the fire, we want to be refined and come out like gold. And, mm -hmm. and literally you are just gold in the kingdom of God. You are just such a treasure. I am so blessed that our paths cross and that I, I mm -hmm. have the knowing you personally, but now to introduce you to an entire new audience who gets to know the Melissa that I know and <laughs> And to just hear um, this encouragement and, and maybe you're going through cancer, you're listening to this, maybe you have a family member that is, maybe you're going through some other kind of loss, but to just listen, go back and listen, jot down some of these things that Melissa has said today and don't ever stop dreaming. Don't ever stop believing in the God that loves you, that has a plan for you, that will use you. If all we have to say is God send me. We were meant to be sent. So Melissa, thank you. You have blessed me and I know bless our listeners. So um, I just want to invite you to just pray over our listeners as we close our time together today. Dear Abba Father, we just come before you and we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for this show. We thank you for Angela, God, that she has put time um, into this. And God, I pray over our listeners. I pray for strength and courage and kindness in a time that is very, very dark, in a time that seems very bleak, um, in a really... Uh, a time that is hard to understand, God, but you, you have not lost control. You have a perfect plan. And I pray for peace over the listeners, God. I pray, God, that the people who are dreaming still in this time of uncertainty, that you just fuel those dreams, God, that you fight against that anxiety and depression that might be falling on anyone, especially concerning their dreams, any anxiety or fear, I rebuke it in Jesus' name because Jesus is bigger and he is better than anything you could ever dream. So I pray, God, that you will just fall on your people right now. I pray that you will fall on your listeners. And I pray, God, that you just, you use us. Send us, God, and we're going to go. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. 
and find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio BOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.